Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 341 of Cryptobiography, and it's part 14 of Tomorrow. And here we go. She checked and rechecked every inch of the wall around the compound. She knew the guards were watching her. In fact, she caught them smirking at her more than once. She kept at it. But she could not find a weak spot in it and it could not be damaged by her, not without lots of time and tools, neither of which she had. She also checked the two gates, though she wasn't really allowed to go all the way up to them. One was the main gate, and meant to open wide to allow vehicles in. Pre-inundation vehicles, that is. She had not seen a single automobile operate yet. However, on several occasions, the gate had opened to allow a wagon in, bringing supplies for the house. The house had a garage which held a couple of simple carts and wagons, and all of which were meant to be pulled by people. There were also a lot of old tools in there, which Betty took careful note of from a distance on the few occasions she saw the garage door open. The second gate was on the opposite side, the north side as it happened. That one could be opened, but she'd only seen it opened twice when the mayor and some of his cronies had asked for it to be opened, and then left through it on some errand she had no information about and she saw them return. It had a large lock on it, which had a key held by one of the guards. Betty had read about lockpicking, but had no idea of how to actually do it. She did not consider that a serious chance for her to escape. And so what was there for her to do? Hide in a wagon before it left? The wagons in the house were hardly ever used, and the wagons that came with supplies left empty, and she didn't have any idea how she could hide out in one as it left without being discovered. Perhaps she could get help from someone taking sympathy for her plight, but so far she'd found no luck talking with the people around the compound. The guards had clearly been instructed not to fraternize with her, and no one else seemed interested in talking with her. She'd even tried talking with Luke on occasion, because it didn't seem like anyone would contradict him if he spoke with her, but despite the future he and his father had planned for her, he wasn't interested much in talking with her. And so it would have to be her, her alone, figuring a way out. Since she was mostly left alone in her room, particularly at night, she scoured the place for anything that might be of use. The room only had two pieces of furniture, a bed and a very small dresser which doubled as a bedside table. She'd been given some other clothing and was told to wear only the mainlander clothing. She had her original outfit in the dresser which had been cleaned and folded and returned to her, but she wasn't allowed to wear it outside. Instead, she wore it to bed, as she didn't have any clothing specifically for bed, and she felt more comfortable in them when trying to sleep. They seemed to know this and didn't complain when she asked to have them cleaned again three weeks after arriving at the compound. She had asked for them to be cleaned five times now. A significant portion of a year had gone by, and she had only minor success. Fortunately, nothing had happened on the forced marriage front yet either. Luke showed less and less interest in her, which was fine by her. 
She'd had only she'd had only one idea when it came to actually escaping, with the wall unbreakable by any effort she would be allowed to do, and no way to get past the guards at the gates. Then it meant she would have to find a way to scale them. As there were no real gaps between the metal strips that made up the wall, there was no way for her to climb them without some kind of aid. She thought of a long piece of cloth with some kind of clump at the end to catch between the tops of the strips, but she thought that that was at best a long shot. It would still be difficult to climb up the slick metal, even with the help of something she could grab with her hands. Also, from above, she could see that the metal strips were fairly narrow, and so it would be painful or worse to actually get over the top by trying to clamber over it. Still, she had spent a good amount of time making such a long device from one of her sheets, which she had managed to keep them from realizing wasn't with the change of laundry one time. It was hidden inside her mattress, and looked a lot just like part of the mattress. Still, she didn't want to try it unless there was no other option. One idea she had she had deemed best, but it came with a serious downside. There were a few trees in the compound, though nothing with branches that went near the fence, but there was also a stand of bamboo, which had clearly been there for some time, because the tallest was at least three meters higher than the wall. It was a good distance away from the wall, and so Betty had done some math, using the shadow lengths and the shadow length of her own shadow, plus the distance she estimated from the bamboo to the wall. It was high enough. If she chopped it down, even without cutting it completely and moving it, and it fell against the wall, it would be more than long enough to make a rather steep ramp to freedom. That assumed she was able to climb up it. She hoped that the bamboo would stick hard in between two of the metal strips, which would at least make it less likely to roll or slide. In hopes of finding a way to saw down the bamboo, she looked for something that she might fashion into a tool into her room. But there was nothing. Instead, she practiced a different skill. She put her bed up against the wall at roughly the angle she had determined the bamboo would make and practiced holding on and climbing up the paint painted metal rail that made up the bottom part of her bed, which was not too different in diameter from the bamboo. She instantly found that she could not do it with her shoes on, so she took her shoes off, stuffed the socks deep into the toes of the shoes, and tied them together. Then she could put the shoes over the back of her neck. She found that she was just able to hold on and climb up and down, though the width of the bed was not so great that she got overconfident in her abilities. She could only hope that the actual bamboo if she ever toppled it over, would be a bit easier to climb. She also redoubled her efforts to make some kind of tool to make the bamboo fall against the wall. She determined that nothing short of some kind of saw would work. She simply wouldn't be able to push, pull, or dig the bamboo so that it would fall, not without being caught. Only sawing would be fast and concealable enough. She tried sawing with a bolt that she managed to get off of her bed, but when she tried it on a bit of bamboo in the yard, far from the one she planned on using to escape with, uh, other than making a bit of a mark on the surface, it wasn't even close to being able to damage the woody plant. And then it happened. The thing she was dreading. She had her first period. That meant the wedding would be coming soon. 
And that's the end of the episode for this week. Hope you're enjoying it. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or uh, Mastodon. And I'm also on, um, what's that new one? But I haven't actually made an episode or a, an, a particular one for um, threads. That's the other one. I'm under as Brandon L. Star on threads, so you can check that one out as well if you want. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on any of those places. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Copyright 2023, Brandon Star, all rights reserved. Characters and events are fictional, fictionalized, or satirical. <laughs>